the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is, and hour number two is now underway at nine minutes past ten o'clock. Thanks for being with us on this Tuesday. Thanks again to Dr. Sherry Tenpenny for the wealth of information she was able to share with us in the last hour, half hour. Before I get to uh, Peter Kirsten now, <clears throat> quick follow-up. Uh, I mentioned Dr. Tenpenny's uh, clinic in uh, Middleburg Heights, uh, uh, um, Tenpenny Integrated Medical Center. Well, she has asked me to let you know that if you are interested in using ivermectin prophylactically, um, there's a place you can get it. It's called Tenpenny Integrated Medical Center. Call 440-239-3438. They will give you prescriptions for ivermectin via phone consultation. All you do, if you, as long as you live in Ohio, 440-239-3438. As you know, ivermectin has long been used millions and millions and millions, in fact, hundreds of millions of times on human beings. The left continues to try to, uh, to try to advocate for their drug cartel partners at Pfizer and Moderna and the other big, uh, uh, big pharmaceutical companies. They don't make any money when you use ivermectin. And so they try to diminish it and call it horse dewormer and call it, uh, you know, a, a drug for animals. It's ridiculous. It's insane. Uh, but that's what they do. Ivermectin has been used to treat a number of infections and a number of viral conditions um, forever. It's perfectly safe for humans. And uh, Tenpenny IMC uh, offers you that. So call 440-239-3438. And one last thought from Dr. Tenpenny, who followed up after my conversation with her with a story she sent me from Summit News. South Africa's Omicron outbreak is already, quote, running out of steam. And according to the experts cited in the article, the world has nothing to fear. Nothing to fear from Omicron, which, which causes fatigue and causes muscle soreness and nothing more. 
That is what we are hearing so far. Now let's bring uh, Peter Kersenow back to our program. Peter Kersenow joins us every Tuesday. He's a member of the United States uh, Commission on Civil Rights. Peter is a an attorney in Cleveland. He is a best-selling author. He's got more books coming out, by the way. Also a sometime columnist and sometime law professor. Pete, good morning. How are you, sir? Hello, Pete. I don't hear Pete. Does Pete, Pete, does Pete hear me? Hi, Bob. Sorry. I was on mute. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to do some other things here. Uh, but uh, I'm doing well. It's a gorgeous day in Cleveland, although I'm not a big believer in global warming. Uh, I'll take the benefits if that's the case. This is, this, <laughs> this is really phenomenal. I don't know why people are concerned about I'd be concerned about global cooling, not global warming. Well, you know what, Pete? Since you went there, um, let, me, let me jump into this as an unplanned topic. Um, the Brandon administration is taking heat from the left for not fully condemning the terrible tornadoes that we saw this weekend in Kentucky and some down in Tennessee, but the loss of life, a massive loss of life, sad to say, was in Kentucky. Uh, the Brandon administration has said that the uh, uh, climate change aspect of that can't be quote-unquote proven. Uh, it's not a guarantee that the tornadoes were caused by climate change. At first he kind of said, this is what happens. But the left, including Hollywood left uh, wants this entire thing to have tornadoes in December blamed on climate change. Now, they're about as reliable with their science as the, you know, as Dr. Fauci is with the science behind COVID-19, and that is to say that they don't believe in actual science. They believe in their agenda, and any scientific results that come up that disprove that agenda are buried, and their yeah. uh, practitioners are, are excommunicated from the scientific community, but there they are. They're using tornadoes in December as proof that climate change is real and man is killing itself. Well, you know, um, I don't know if there is climate change. I don't know if there's global warming or anything else like that. There's a lot to be said about that. And I've done, you know, my share of homework on it. And the homework includes reading a variety of sources and people who aren't just following the party line. I'm very skeptical whenever the left tries to promote a certain um, talking point. But I did see, and I, you know, I've, I've seen among others, uh, there's Joe Bastardi, who's on Fox all the time, but there are a number of others. There's, there, there are several uh, prominent uh, climatologists out there who dispute that, I mean, there's always going to be climate change. That's just the nature of things. We've always been living with it. But in terms of this tornado, you just knew they couldn't resist jumping on this to promote a political agenda. But it's at odds with the facts. They keep saying there are more of these Category 4 and 5 tornadoes and more severe weather. And every single time we've got a hurricane, they say this is just an example of climate change. But it's completely and utterly disproven by the facts, whether you're talking about typhoons and hurricanes or tornadoes. For an example, from 1954 to 1974, a 20-year period, 1954 to 1974, there were 36, grand total of 36, Category 5 tornadoes. From 2000 to 220, you know, that's a little bit later. And I, I know my math on this. It's a little bit later than 1954 to 1974, and we're supposed to be seeing a progression in global warming or right. climate change, right. as opposed to 36 from 54 to 74, there are only four from 2000 to 2020. So, you know, my math says that it looks like there's a steep decline in severe weather during that period. Whether is there is or not, 
that's the nature of weather. And personally, I'm more concerned about global cooling than global warming. And all extant evidence out there points to the possibility of global cooling that is beyond our control. That is that the sun, you know, that big thing up there, look outside right now. It's pretty big and pretty bright out there. That has a considerable say over what our weather is like and whether or not, you know, we have warm temperatures or cool temperatures. And some of the best scientists in the world right now, in other words, those who actually study this stuff and don't politicize this stuff are saying that we, there's a good probability we're about to go into, you know, not a mini ice age, but a cooling period because of sunspot activity and a, a for lack of a better term, I can't use the scientific term because I don't know it, a cooling of the sun. Um, but that doesn't deter the left and the media from, you know, the hysteria. They've got an agenda to promote. They can't get their lunatic programs passed unless they convince us, for example, that 50 million people have already died from Omicron, that we have a 10 degree per, you know, decade increase in uh, (laughs) uh, global temperatures. And it's all a fraud. And it's falling apart, Bob. You know, before our very eyes, you and I have been discussing this for a few years. It seems like every time we see some major issue promoted by the left, you just wait a couple of heartbeats and it falls completely apart and it's doing so in a very public fashion these days and it's not just these policies it's their personalities too the vaunted Cuomo brothers crash and burn you know Jesse Smollett crash and crash and burn there's so many of their icons that aren't gonna you know they don't pass the test of time no, they don't. And Pete, I'll, I'll, I'll wrap this part of it with this, and I and apologize for being redundant. I think I've probably said this to you before, but I, I think it just bears repeating. I don't have a degree in meteorology or climatology or geology to, to back all of this up. But I did read somewhere where this this Earth, this planet that we're all sitting and spinning on right now, um, it, it has frozen. It has frozen virtually solid numerous times throughout its billions of years of existence. It has frozen and then it has thawed. It has frozen and then it has thawed. And it has done so long before mankind ever walked on the earth. Ice ages and then massive thaws for millions of years where everything is normal. uh, uh, Temperatures are temperate. Um, this happened before we walked on the earth, before we dug for coal, before we built the first automobile or the first internal combustion engine of any kind. Uh, and all of this carbon nonsense that they blame on, uh, on climate change being man-made climate change. I want to know how the hell the planet thaw- froze and thawed numerous times before we ever got here if we're the ones responsible for it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I've, I've read those studies also, kind of fascinated by them. And it's kind of fun to read, too. But uh, among other things, we have seen now over the last maybe 50 years, all of these hysterias being promoted by the left, which when you wait for just a period of time, completely fall apart. I'm old enough to remember uh, the population bomb by Paul Ehrlich, when we were going to be running out of food and and habitable space on the planet by, I think it was, I don't recall the date, but it was uh, probably 30 years ago we were supposed to run out of it. There was going to be mass starvation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I remember there was a famous bet placed on it by another scientist had uh, bet Paul Ehrlich and others 
that there would actually be more plentiful resources at the conclusion of the period that Paul Ehrlich had claimed we're going to all be starving and people are going to die because of overpopulation. And of course, he was correct. And, you know, same with climate change. You and I and your listeners have all seen the data with respect to and the, the, the funny ads and uh, headlines from MSNBC, CBS, all these others who regularly, I still remember one vividly because it was during the Dukakis George H.W. Bush um, uh, election cycle, where they had said that by, I think it was 1992, which would have been at the conclusion of uh, the, the first term of either Dukakis or Bush, that Manhattan would be underwater. Uh, then there was a, an update to that that said that Manhattan would be underwater by, I think it was 2002. And that came from, NMS, uh, uh, from NBC. And as many people have pointed out, if NBC truly thought that Manhattan was going to be underwater by then, their headquarters are in Manhattan. They would have immediately made you know, some type of effort to get out of there. But no, they didn't. That's because nobody truly believes any of this stuff. And it's, it's funny how all of these predictions all serve a leftist agenda. Um, they have crashed and burned so many times that we need to remind ourselves how many time, times they've been so spectacularly wrong in service of a leftist agenda that they're the boy that cried wolf on steroids. When it comes to COVID, for example, one of the reasons why we have a difficult time believing anything they say is because, first of all, many of the things they say are just completely wrong, and we find out that they're wrong within a month or two, but they all go, all the mistakes go in one direction, the direction that will augur more power to the state and to the left. So I think a lot of people are done with it. I think one of the best things about the Trump administration is that he has exposed so many of these people, so many of these rank hypocrites and liars, uh, and for no other reason, and there's a multitude of reasons, but if no other reason... Uh, you can think of any other reason why we, it was good to have a Trump as president. It's that. It's exposed so many people. And I think that's one of the primary reasons the left is apoplectic and historical about Trump. He has pulled off the mask. Peter Kirsten, I was our guest now. It is 1020. We'll take our time out here. And great stuff, Pete. We're going to come back and talk about more lies, uh, the climate, climate lies you're talking about. But now we're going to talk about online lies. Facebook has made a stunning admission about, well, Everything that they do, and I'll explain that and get your reaction to it, Peter Christen, on next on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 1023. Now we continue with Peter Kersenow, our regular Tuesday guest. Pete, online misinformation has been the subject of many talk shows and many congressional hearings as well as the left tries to continue to push the big technocrats talking about the oligarchs behind uh, uh, all of the uh, 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 social media platforms, whether it be Facebook or Twitter or Google or, or what have you. Uh, the left has been pushing them to be more, more uh, strict about censoring misinformation, which means, of course, in their eyes and in their minds, conservative thought. Any conservative thought that challenges their orthodoxy must be censored. Accounts must be suspended, if not outright deleted, uh, in order to protect uh, the people against dangerous misinformation. Well, one of the ways that they do that is the use of fact-checkers, what are called fact-checkers mm-hmm. anyway. And Facebook has now quietly been forced to admit that the fact-checkers they use 
to decide what they censor what they and what speech they suppress um, are doing nothing more but offering their own opinions, too. In its latest legal battle with TV journalist John Stossel over a post about the origins of the, the 2020 California forest fires, Facebook, which has now been rebranded and referred to corporately as Meta, claims that its fact-checking program should not be the target of a defamation suit because it attempts to regulate uh, its attempts to regulate content are done by third-party organizations that are entitled to their quote-unquote opinion. That means Facebook is admitting they don't have fact-checkers checking and providing facts to disprove those things that they censor. These are other organizations that are just as potentially partisan and ideological as anybody else offering their opinions on these things. And, Peter, they've used this to... to you know, delete and suspend the accounts of people who do anything, for example, as as scientifically benign as questioning the official uh, uh, the official uh, narrative when it comes to COVID nineteen, when it comes to vaccine mandates. If you report that, if you if you go online, Peter, uh, on Facebook, for example, and 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 quote something from the CDC about the VAERS reporting system. Um, which is the Vaccine Adverse Events events Reporting System, and you quote them, they will flag that as being misinformation and suspend your account, and they cite their fact-checker groups as being the ones that, you know, that that are the truth-tellers here. But now that they're in a lawsuit, they're saying, by the way, these fact-checkers are entitled to their, their own opinions as well. This is a major step, I think. This is a major step toward... Kind of, kind of providing free speech or returning to free speech on social media platforms. Now that these individuals have to admit that they don't have any more knowledge than we do about the things that we post, I, I think Bob, most of us suspected that these "quote unquote" fact checkers. Number one, I thought that many of them didn't know what they were talking about. But number two, I think most of us, knowing uh, our various institutions are enthralled to the left, were simply, you know, very biased nineteen, twenty, twenty-two year olds. And in fact, um, you know, I've done a little bit of reading on this in the past. I'm not familiar with everything that's occurred just recently with respect to Facebook. I'm not on Facebook, so I don't really care about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I know that Scott Atlas, for example, who you know was on the president's uh, coronavirus task force and is a prominent physician with a gazillion degrees. He knows what he's talking about. In other words, he's a real doctor. Sure. Well, you know, he would be censored or he would be fact-checked by these 22- and 23-year-old theater arts majors who are the fact-checkers for Facebook. Now, j- just pause and think for a moment. I guarantee you, everybody in your audience, if you ask them, who do you think Facebook employs? Well, they think that they employ these woke kind of 23- and 24-year-olds. Not too many conservatives. And in terms of fact-checkers, we know the left is very good and very organized. I see this as, as a member of the Civil Rights Commission. I mean, they're very, very smart about making sure that they control the level, levers of communication with respect to discrete issues that they're concerned about. So you know that they were going into these organizations, even if it was just by happenstance, because they have a particular affinity with, with those types of organizations, you knew that they were going to be doing so overtly also. But they're also doing it with incompetent people. Now, I'm not claiming every one of their fact-checkers is incompetent, but these guys... No, are but they're ideologues. They're, they're, they're not it's honest. Precisely right. Precisely right. right. So, so it, it, it's a twofer. That is, you're getting people who don't know what they're talking about, number two, that have a political agenda, or either one, which is bad enough. But nonetheless, who are these people who presume to be censoring any kind of speech? Now, typically, not, not typically, but historically and legally, 
um, when the government restricts speech, that has First Amendment implications. Um, when private industry, tech, for example, restricts speech, there isn't necessarily a First Amendment implication. There have been a number of professors, for example, law professors, though, who have argued that once tech reaches monopoly status, then at that point, they, you know, they exercise such monopoly power, similar to what the government does, that the First Amendment should apply. Um, I had an opportunity to interview uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, who wrote the great book, Woke Inc., mm-hmm. and very smart guy. Guy's got an IQ of about 5,000. Uh, but nonetheless... <laughs> He maintains that Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act should be jiggered a little bit to include a prohibition against um, uh, this kind of censorship. That is, if big tech is going to do this, then they, they have to do it consistent. The First Amendment won't apply, but would be consistent with First Amendment principles under statute. So, uh, you know, these fact checkers, I don't believe them. Uh, my, my default position, Bob, is I don't believe them. I suspect most of your listeners have that position also. We've been around for a while. We've seen what, quote-unquote, facts the media throws at us that are later, later disproven. As I indicated, one of the great things about Trump is he pulled the cover back even more so we could see it more raw, rawly. I mean, this is, these are the same media folks and the same kind of people, whether they are assistant producers, whether they are fact-checkers who promote a Cuomo or the Cuomo brothers. All of their icons fall. All of their shibboleths with with respect to global warming and everything else, are proven to be either false or grossly misleading. So uh, it, it's important, though, that these kinds of things are made public. So people have a common set of assumptions going into whether or not they're going to believe what's online. Yeah, and you know, Pete, it's, it's, it's one thing to say, well, not many people believe that. But it's not about believing them. It's about the fact that they have the ability to stop you from reading something else that you may indeed believe. And that's why they do it, especially if it runs counter to their narrative. And that's the the outsized power that these, uh, you know, these quote unquote fact checking services have. And they're used by uh, individuals with the same ideology and the same motivation. Um, And that's the problem. They literally censor information when you control the flow of information, not only what can be said, but what can be heard by the other side uh you know that's that's a very very dangerous situation which is why this lawsuit goes on and john stossel is doing i think a very heroic thing here by pushing this and pressing this so that we can indeed uh exchange the um, ideas that we believe in uh freely without uh without that bias and that censorship two more topics for kirsten now after the bottom of the hour we're going to talk about swimmers male and female and what is being done to women all across this country. And we're also going to be talking about crime and punishment, why big city mayors are under more distress and duress now than perhaps they have ever been over the massive crime spike in their cities and their uh, culpability in that. We'll get that from Kirsten now, too, coming up on AM 1420. two sides to every story there's the mainstream media side and then there's the truth you are experiencing the truth 
The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Okay, 1038, we continue on AM 1420. The answer, Peter Kersenow is with us. Peter Kersenow, give this a listen. The IOC guidelines are that anyone, each sport basically has to come up with um, eligibility criteria for what constitutes an unfair advantage in that given sport. Um, And then everybody is able to compete um, in the category they're most comfortable with unless there's a proven unfair advantage that they have. Um, And this does a very good job of including trans women and not invading anybody's privacy or making anyone feel uncomfortable. Um, Yeah, I think those guidelines are, are very good. All right, Peter Kirsten, now the voice you just heard was that of a woman. Um, at least that's what he says. He uh, is Leah Thompson. Uh, he's a swimmer. Uh, I'm not going to enable his psychosis by saying she. He is dominating women swimming at Penn and in the Ivy Leagues. Came to Akron recently in the and an Akron Invitational and shattered every record that had ever been set there. Won races by 38 seconds over the second place competitor. Now, for those who don't know, if you win a race by three seconds in swimming, if you touch the wall three seconds before the second place finisher, that's dominant. That is a massive, massive win. Um, he used to swim competitively on, on the men's team, literally up until this year. Peter, the girls who are even on his team are crying about how they have no chance to ever win anything on their own. They are forced to stand there and clap and say, yay, Leah. Now, this is anonymously two swimmers on that team have spoken to Clay Travis, among others, and had to, uh, of course, uh, you know, again, uh, hide their, their identities because they will be attacked by the LGBTQ mafia and uh, the trans movement. But they have to stand there and pretend to be happy when inside they're dying. They're angry, they're upset, they're frustrated, and those are the teammates. You can imagine how opponents feel. So, Pete, my question to you is, is is this the goal of the trans movement of the rainbow uh, um, a mafia to to completely destroy and dismantle the dreams of real actual girls and women so that men can play their fantasy roles? No, the goal. I think people have to understand what the goal is. The goal is if they can get you to accept that a man is a woman. That's not what the goal is. That's a tiny, tiny part of the goal. But if they can get you to accept that. They can get you to accept anything. That's what this is all about. It was something that was done in communist China, in the Soviet Union. Again, uh, I always refer to Arthur Kessler's book, uh, Darkness at Noon. This was part of the program. It was done with a forethought. It was they knew precisely what they were doing. Um, I would commend to your listeners, if they haven't already read it, a book by Abigail Schreier called Irreversible Damage that deals with the transgender craze right now. Um, And it's just a splendidly written book. It's actually beautifully written, and I hesitate to say that, but it's chock with scientific information, uh, phenomenal polemics, but just beautifully written also in a way that doesn't anger anybody. It, it It just speaks the truth. 
Um, when I'm on your show, Bob, to guest host, uh, very often I have somebody from ADF come on to talk about this issue mm-hmm. because they're doing a lot of litigation related to transgenderism in sports. And we know what the reality is, Bob. You and I have both played in high school and college. Um, and I think almost every one of your listeners, just even if you haven't played sports, understands intuitively the reality that uh, a poor or mediocre male athlete will become an Olympic superstar if he's allowed to compete as a female. And that's, those are the facts. You know, I, uh, Ab, uh, you know who Al, uh, Allison Felix is, the greatest female sprinter in history. She's still competing. She set records in the 100, the 200, the 400 meters. Um, she's gotten more gold medals in the Olympics than any track and field athlete in history, exceeding Usain Bolt, for example. Well, if... Males were permitted. You could go to soccer too, Peter, if you wanted. The 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 fifteen year old high school team from Texas that scrimmaged against the U.S. women's national team, the U.S. gold medal winning national team, uh, got spanked by a group of fifteen year old males. Um, Right. It's 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 not it's not funny really uh, you know if they and by the way kudos to the U.S. Women's National Team if they wanted to test themselves and get themselves ready for the best women's teams in the world by playing a team that's going to beat them that's okay it's like a it's like a school playing a really tough non-conference schedule to get themselves ready for the rigors of their of their conference schedule you know in football I'm okay with that take a butt kicking but in this case it's exemplary of uh, you know it's an example of uh, males simply dominate women at at virtually every level of sports and to take women and force them to compete against men is doing a disservice to the girls and it's just a few men that's all it takes this individual at the university of pennsylvania a couple other males here and there and you will obliterate every female record you will dispirit people it's it's a fraud it's a fundamental fraud and there's no way of reconciling it you can't take hormone suppressors for example after puberty and and eliminate the intrinsic advantage that males have it's a complete and utter fraud the fraud exceeds athletics it's bad enough in athletics but it permeates all of our society it is a big lie and it's an attempt to get us to accept lies on a regular basis whether it's coronavirus lies or uh, global warming lies or you know socialism is good lies whatever it may be they are big ticket items big picture lies that they want us to accept if you can accept a man as a woman there's no real functional difference then you can accept virtually anything but going back to Allison Felix, as you know, Bob, she has world records in, right now, I still think she has a 400-meter world record for females, but there are more than 300 high school boys today who would obliterate that record if they were allowed to compete in female track, um, more so with respect to the 100 meters and 200 meters. Uh, it, it's just, it, it, and worldwide, I think it, the figure is 7,500 males that compete in track worldwide would obliterate Allison Felix in the 400 meters. And she's the best of all time among the females. One of the dispiriting things, I've used that term twice now, but it is dispiriting, is I've read the articles with respect to um, uh, University of Pennsylvania, and all of, not all, but several of the female swimmers have come out anonymously and expressed their complete chagrins. And I even, I mean, they're, they're just apoplectic. But as you indicated, they're keeping their head down. Otherwise, they think it's going to get lopped off if they say anything. They'll get canceled. The things, if they dare, if they dare the, condemn right. their teammate, they'll get canceled. One of the things that's somewhat encouraging is at Akron, for example, when Leah Thomas, the male who is competing as a female, touched 
the wall and won, as you said, by 38 seconds. That's inconceivable. When you think about it, just think 1,001, 1,002. It's extraordinary. But when he touched the wall, nobody cheered as you typically would in the crowd. Nobody cheered. Nobody made a noise. They cheered when the female, the second place person, touched the wall. I think there needs to be more demonstrations like that. Uh, There needs to be more simple you know, refusal to compete. Do not compete if that's the case. Or as somebody put it, you know, I mean, some of these are empty gestures, but a a critical mass of them may start to turn the conversation around. Uh, Somebody made, and I don't remember who it was, but but somebody said, you know, what should happen is as the females are on the platform ready to dive in for the 300 meters or whatever the race may be, when the gun goes off, let Leah Thomas dive in. The rest of them just stand there. Continue to do it. Do it in solidarity. That is, don't single out one person, but all I love of them it. do it. I love and the it. thing is, the thing is, 99.9% of Americans would cheer that quietly because they don't want to get canceled. But think of that. 0.01% of America, mainly consisted of the far left and their media acolytes, would go after these folks. But it's difficult to go after 99.9% of Americans. Do those kinds of things. Civil disobedience, the kind that Martin Luther King Jr. employed. This is serious stuff. Uh, you, both you and I have daughters. I've got granddaughters now. It females will be obliterated if males are permitted to compete. This is not fair. It's, it's anti-science. We hear the progressives like to talk yeah. about science. But this is fundamentally anti-science, but it's unfair. And yeah. unfortunately, there's a giant, giant, I mean, giant in terms of, of force and um, uh, their capabilities, uh, movement to destroy people who speak the truth on this matter. But I think if in very quietly and in solidarity, people start to act in unison, we can break the city of sea. Yeah, and, and the problem is, I don't know how many, how many swimmers take off at one time. What are there usually, nine lanes in a, in a pool or ten or something like that? Um, I, I, I feel like they, they wouldn't do it, Pete, because if they all stood there and stayed on the block as Leah dove in and said, we're not doing it, there's nine cancellations. They're, they're going to have to return to their home schools, and they're going to say, why didn't you? Or they're going to hear, why didn't you race against that woman? What's wrong with you? Are you afraid to compete? How dare you do that, you homophobe, you transphobe? You just allowed the, the, the intolerant right to win. They don't want to face that, even if they do it in a group, Pete, and I'm with you a thousand percent. It would send a great message for them personally. It would create chaos in their lives. They would be called homophobes, transphobes, et cetera, et cetera, and be ostracized from their own campuses. And that's the reason why everybody just kind of has to, you know, keep it inside. Again, talk about it anonymously, but please don't ever release my name because I don't want to be destroyed here. Uh, but they just have to accept it clap politely and say good job leah yay and then move on yeah i think that's probably the case for almost everybody i'm hopeful that there's going to be somebody or a group of of folks with some courage to do precisely what i just indicated but um i have a little bit of hope and the hope comes from what we've seen in terms of the backlash by parents to critical race theory one of the things that you don't want to do is get parents upset and if enough parents see their daughters who've worked so hard i mean my daughter ran for, did a lot of different sports and you know i mean you know what the commitment is like you sometimes you got to get up at five in the morning and you're out there in the cold and the rain and you're working hard i mean that's in track and other sports and and swimming it's the same thing it may not be cold the pool may be cold but you're up in the morning you're working extremely hard it's years and years of work all for naught 
parents see that and they see the crestfallen faces of their kids and eventually they're going to say enough is enough. I really think it germinates from the parents. If the parents, especially at the high school level, start to boycott or start you know, saying something just as we saw with critical race theory, then we may have a chance. This is not fair. And, and fairness is the least of it. We're, we're, we're indulging a kind of lunacy here. Men are not women. Sorry, you know we've known that's right. That. And, and, and yet we, we are attacked, Pete. If we if we decide not to play along with their with their fantasy games, you know. And again, children. We we talk about this all the time. You know, children pretend they're dogs. Children say, "I'm a I'm a." Uh, did you see Matt Walsh's new book? Uh, I think it's called Tommy the Walrus. It's it's. I've heard it, about it. Yeah. 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 Matt Walsh, a terrific commentator for the Daily Wire and 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 writer, uh, he wrote a children's book called I think it's Tommy Tommy the Walder, Walrus and it's about a child who believes he's a walrus whose parents do not treat him like a walrus who do not engage in his fantasy. He still has to be a boy, and they explain to him, you're actually a boy. You can play like, dress up like a walrus if you want, but we're not going to call you a walrus. And, and I didn't read the book. I'm giving you just the, you know, the obvious uh, uh, plot here. And, and, and the, the point is we don't um, support and, and encourage children's psychological delusions. We allow them to have them because they're children, and then when it's time to, to, to start to grow up a little bit, we have to you know remind them of exactly who and what they are, and we don't enable that type of behavior. Um, and, and letting a kid be a dog or a cat or a walrus or a girl or a boy that he or she is not is just enabling somebody else's psychological... And Pete, I've used this too. You know, you, I don't know if you know anybody, but, uh, split personality is certainly something that exists. A human being who thinks they are two different people and they actually psychologically may feel like they have two different personalities. You don't call them two different people. You treat them and you try to get them back to this, the, a place of reality where just one dominant personality, uh, you know, takes over because that's what they are. They're not, in fact, two people. They're one person with a psychological disorder and we treat psychological disorders. We don't enable them. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the the problem is, oh, heck, after I hang up this phone here, Bob, on your show, I may be canceled. Um, you know, we, we've we dealt with this Civil Rights Commission over the last two years. I was warning people that this was going to come up, and not many people were paying attention. Nobody really pays attention to me anyway. But nonetheless, this is um, part of the most vicious leftist movement. I mean, they will cancel you. They'll try to destroy you if you speak up, even in a rational fashion. My, my point has always been, look, I will treat you the way you want to be treated. I'm going to treat you humanely. I'm going to treat you as, as a human being. But once your ideology starts to infringe upon my mental health and my understanding of what reality and norms are, that's right. where it stops. And that's precisely what Abigail Schreier has been saying in her book and different columns. And she does it in a compassionate, very sane fashion. It's mm-hmm. not over the top. Uh, but you know what? We're not permitted any space. We're never given any space to, you know, accept our beliefs, the beliefs that a man is a man and a woman is a woman. Um, but when it comes to kids, I think we have to start putting our foot down here and parents, that's where it is. If parents start, start saying more and more often that, no, my daughter is not running against Usain Bolt. And uh, <laughs> you heard that one time about several years ago where a transgender MMA competitor yeah. nearly killed a female. This has real-world implications. This is, this is craziness no at this point, it. where we will not accept what reality is. We will treat people in a compassionate fashion. That's what conservatism is all about. We treat people as individuals. But once 
you start impinging upon my reality. And it's not just re- it's there's an objective reality. Yeah, it's facts. It's not, it not our beliefs. Exactly or, right. Yeah, right. It's facts. I mean, it, it, we're talking about scientific, biological, anatomical, chromosomal facts. You know, we're not, not our opinion and our belief in our reality, because uh, then that allows somebody else's reality to challenge ours. No, these are scientific. Bob, I just want to say it's facts. been a pleasure being on your show for the last several years. I bet you this is my last show. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> Stop that. I'll never forgive myself if that happens. Peter, thank you, my friend. God bless. Take care, Bob. All right, 1054, right back after this. So as of December the 3rd, there have been 19,886 deaths reported to VAERS associated with the vaccine. And so there's almost 20,000 deaths, and we're approaching 1 million adverse events. And what if that's only 1% or only 10% of the number of people? Well, that kind of leads it to every single person that's gotten one of these shots has some level of adverse event that they felt compelled to report. That was Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, who joined me in hour number one of our broadcast today. If you missed it, you should hear it. She's just a wealth of information. Uh, go to our uh, podcast page at whkradio.com and uh, look for Dr. Tenpenny in hour number one on today's program. Today is the 14th, in case you were wondering. I talked to, actually, uh, Dr. Tenpenny texted me after the um, interview ended, and I want to share this with you again. Dr. Tenpenny and her team strongly support ivermectin for prophylaxis to help prevent you from getting COVID-19 or any of the variants. They recommend one pill twice a week to prevent transmission of spike protein and virus particles from the fully vaccinated. You see, it is the fully vaccinated that are much more likely to spread COVID-19 to an unvaccinated person rather than the other way around through spike protein and virus particles from the fully vaccinated. Ivermectin as a a prophylaxis um, is, is being used by doctors all over the country and all over the world, despite the ongoing demonization of ivermectin. If you want an ivermectin prescription via phone consultation, just call 440-239-3438. That's Dr. Tenpenny's clinic, 440-239-3438. And this is a service of the Bob France Authority. Thanks, everyone. Be well, be safe, stay free. Let's go, Brandon. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.